Welcome to We Are What We Buy with Dr. Michael Solomon. We'll take a deep dive to look at the patterns, habits, brands, and benefits that drive your customers to buy. The tips and concepts you'll hear on the program will have you standing head and shoulders above your competition. Now here's your host, Dr. Michael Solomon. Welcome back, everyone, to We Are What We Buy with your host, Dr. Michael Solomon. And again, this week, we're doing a deep dive into the direct selling industry, which is a, a really a, a powerhouse industry in this country that, that a lot of people know surprisingly little about. Uh, and uh, my next guest is someone who uh, is really going to help us to understand how this works in the context of one of the major players in the industry. So... I'm, I'm really delighted to welcome Kevin Guest to the show, and let me tell you a little bit about him. Um, he's a musician, which is which is great. Uh, he's an author, and he's a CEO. So Kevin serves as a member of the board of directors, and he's the chief executive officer of USANA Health Sciences, which is a global billion-dollar health and nutritional supplement company. And as CEO, Kevin has overseen record company growth, as well as new product development, strategic marketing, and USANA's audio, video, and event productions worldwide. He's also a member of the board of directors for the Direct Selling Association and the Direct Selling Education Foundation. He's a member of the CEO Council for the World Federation of Direct Selling Associations and the author of All the Right Reasons. Apparently, Kevin is quite the accomplished musician. He's performed at the Grand Ole Opry, and uh, he's, been, uh, he, he's performed with a, a lot of really well-known people, ranging from Eddie Money to Belinda Carlisle and Ozzy Osbourne. So uh, that's a little tidbit uh, that's a bit interesting for, for a CEO. Uh, Kevin, thanks to the show, and thanks for uh, – maybe you'll, you'll do a number for us. I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, thanks, Michael. Just a clarification, I didn't perform with Ozzy. I filmed Ozzy as part of a project through FMG Productions. The other folks you mentioned, I actually played on stage with. Oh. So. Okay, so you just watched Ozzy bite the head off a chicken and, and, and <laughs> yeah. filmed it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that's quite an accomplishment. So uh, that that's just great. And so, as I mentioned, you, Kevin, you're you're the CEO of of USANA, and um, you know people who are knowledgeable about the direct selling industry instantly perk up and say, "Yeah, of course." But but uh, can you just take a minute or so to give us a commercial? Just tell us what the company does. What what it sells and how it sells it, please? Yeah, we are the manufacturer and um, sales arm for nutritional supplements, vitamins, uh, meal replacement type drinks, uh, skincare, uh, and other uh, nutritional products. Uh, the mission uh, of the company is to create the healthiest family on earth. So all the products that we produce are health-related products, and our tagline is um, The Cellular Nutrition Company, which comes from uh, our founder, who is a global leader in uh, cellular uh, biology. He is the person who developed the test kits for hospitals and doctors around the world that 
they still use today for diagnosing um, mononucleosis and Epstein-Barr and other uh, disease diagnosis kits. And so he did that by learning how to develop a healthy cell and the healthier the cells, more accurate the diagnosis. From a sales perspective, um, we uh, function in the direct selling world space, which means we don't sell anything directly as a company. Uh, we have independent business owners uh, in 26 markets around the world who uh, are the representatives of our company who sell the products individually to their own customer base. And uh, many have uh, turned it into a career and uh, some, uh, probably the majority, uh, just use it as a way to generate some extra income and or uh, just to uh, have access to our products. And, um, and so that's a, a very brief description. And when I talk direct sales, again, it's not us as a company going direct to consumer. It is our independent business owner who has the transaction between the consumer and, and the product. But we as a company, USANA, we, be, we are the distribution arm, which means our independent business owners don't inventory any product. They don't have product, and, and it comes directly from us. Uh, we ship um, from the United States uh, to every market uh, of, and produce for all of our markets around the world out of the United States, with the exception of China, where we manufacture and produce locally in China, which is uh, government law. All right, great, thanks. And so... Uh, you're a major player in, I guess we would call the wellness industry, which is a booming industry these days. And, uh, you know, let's, let's just make sure everyone understands, you know, you, you talked a little, a little bit about the direct selling model. Obviously, there's tons of companies that sell wellness products. Um, how, how would the, the customer's experience in dealing with your company differ from somebody who is just going to buy wellness products at CVS or ordering them from Amazon? Can you just, just so everybody's on the same page in terms of how your business model is different or the same? Yeah, when, when I, I was actually around when USANA was actually started and, and brought in to be the marketing and uh, production arm of the company as a vendor, um, owning my own company. And uh, the discussions we had early on were uh, the story that we needed to tell from a health perspective and an awareness from a health perspective that uh, we needed to tell as it relates to USANA couldn't be done in a 30-second commercial. Uh, it needed uh, like-minded, health-conscious individuals out there who could help carry this message uh, individually to the world. And so the interaction is much different when you're dealing with an independent business owner uh, who has USANA products because uh, typically they are more informed um, from a, a product knowledge perspective and they can help guide the consumer uh, in a direction and down the path which would be most beneficial to them based upon the types of products that we offer. And so an informed uh, transaction. If you walk into a grocery store and look at nutritional supplements, you'll see aisles or walls full of products and you stand and look at them and you don't really know uh, where or what or how you should interact or take the products or which would be most beneficial. And so the educational side of it and, and pointing people into the right choices for them 
uh, is uh, an upfront different difference uh, from us from a direct selling model. We have these independent business owners who are out there working one-on-one uh, with people individually to give them a more personalized experience. So there's less of a focus on, say, mass communications, mass advertising, more on that one-to-one interaction. So let, let me ask you, you know, what, what I think when a lot of people think of direct selling, they maybe they think of the Tupperware model. And I, I'm not sure, was Tupperware the first direct seller? Or I know they were one of the pioneers. But Yeah, Tupperware or Avon. Yeah. Um, uh, and certainly Amway came later. Um, but yeah, you might be right. I'm not sure who the oldest might be, but Tupperware and Avon would be among uh, some of the oldest. And so they, they pioneered this, this model that was so different uh, at the time of, uh, let's say, a home shopping party where a bunch of people gather in someone's home and they, you know, they, they demo the products. Maybe there's Maybe there's some social pressure to buy because you're amongst your neighbors as opposed to being in a store. Um, how, you know, how has the direct selling experience changed since I think that was probably in the 1950s? Uh, you know, how has it changed and how, is it, how does it remain the same from that original conception? Well, um, I'll reverse the answer to your, to your question, um, how it stays the same and how we continue to grow in our markets is the personal interaction and the trust um, that is there when you're talking to someone who might be a neighbor and or a family member or a trusted friend or family member. And so the trust level and that uh, high quality, high touch perspective hasn't changed. What has drastically changed for us over the 27 years that USANA has been in business is uh, technology, and and people want to interact with a company on a much different basis than they did uh, many years ago when we first started USANA. And so, if people think about uh, how they Christmas went Christmas shopping last year, I would guess most of your listeners did the majority of their Christmas shopping without ever leaving their house and did it off their computer. And so, we've had to adjust from a technology perspective uh, to meet the needs of the consumer and the interaction side of things and meet the expectations of the technology while still uh, maintaining the the high personal touch side of the business. And so technology has probably been the biggest factor in uh, changing how we do business. Uh, for instance, payments. Um, you know, we have to offer a variety of payments and people want to Venmo. They want to use PayPal. They want to use other types of things from a technology perspective. And many times uh, people don't even exchange cash or have cash. Whereas, you know, 30 or 40 years ago, obviously that was the, the primary way business was done. And so um, technology would be the biggest change that has come. And most importantly, probably over the last five to seven years, it's uh, changed more than it had in the prior 10 or 15 years. Yeah, so a lot, lot of disruptions going on, and, and one of those disruptions is something I wanted to ask you about as, as well. I, uh, obviously, your, your network of distributors, that's the lifeblood of your company, and so you, you want to keep them happy, and you want to keep attracting people who, who share your vision of how to do business. 
Um, now, we, we know that the, the large majority of people in direct selling do it part-time. I think something like over 80% do it part-time. And today, you're, you're competing uh, now against some new disruptors, right, as we talk about this gig economy that we're all in. And so someone who wants to supplement their income, for example, they might, they might become affiliated with you. Or they might choose to, you know, drive an Uber or something like that. So, uh, how how have you adapted to this gig economy? And you know, is that a good thing or a bad thing for a company like Usana? Well, um, the gig economy is very real, especially here in the United States, and we've seen that through companies like Uber and Lyft and and Airbnb and other things like that. How pe- people are leveraging uh, their time in a different way. Um, we have had to change from a delayed gratification type pay model, meaning I work today and I will get paid later for what I did today to more of a transactional pay model as it relates to the gig economy. People want to be paid quickly, want to be paid for every transaction that they create, not based on a commission plan that might take a while uh, for you to qualify and activate. And so, um, from a gig economy perspective, that transactional pay and the frequency of pay is 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 very much uh, caused us to look at our business model. But I think most importantly in this whole equation is the value proposition from a product perspective. Do we have a product that differentiates itself? Do we have a product that people want to consume regularly and become a loyal customer, a customer for life? And as relates to Uber and other things, uh, you don't have reoccurring pay from a single cell, cell uh, where, for instance, if someone gets in your car, you have to go pick them up another time to get paid versus if someone has a consumable product that they become a loyal customer of, um, then the person participating in the gig economy only has to create that transaction uh, once or twice certainly needs to follow up and, and, and give the customer a good experience, but it is a consumable uh, product that they are, they are selling. And so from a gig economy perspective, they are building up a customer base that regularly uh, purchases from them. And so they can build a business that has a longer term effect versus constantly having to look for your next job or your next project is going to pay you commission. Thanks. And, you know, as we wind up here, I know USANA is engaged in a variety of good works and you, you have a book that helps in that regard. Can you talk a little bit about that and how people can get a hold of it and, and help you with your good efforts? Yes. Um, I uh, last year uh, published a book called All the Right Reasons and you can purchase it on Amazon. Just go to amazon.com and either type in Kevin Guest or or all the right reasons. And uh, I'm donating 100% of all book proceeds to feed hungry children. Uh, and my goal was to, to uh, sell enough books to provide a million meals to hungry children. And in less than a year, I hit that goal. And so um, we're still pressing forward. And now the goal is 2 million. And so when anyone purchases a book, it provides 40 meals uh, to hungry children because it's about 25 cents a meal. And so it, it definitely is making an impact. I've chosen uh, two orphanages in Thailand where the children are all victims of sex trafficking 
and they are starving as well. And we're feeding them three meals a day, at least for the next year and beyond. Oh, that's amazing. Great example of a company doing good things and, and an individual doing good things. So, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I hope to see you on stage one of these days as well. Well, thank you, Michael. Look forward to seeing you soon as well. You're listening to We Are What We Buy. I am Dr. Michael Solomon. Please follow me on Twitter at, at Mike Solo. We'll be back after the break with another direct selling expert. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Book international speaker and renowned author Dr. Michael Solomon for your event today. Michael's presentations reveal cutting-edge trends in advertising and marketing, branding, consumer behavior, and social media. He captivates audiences with the insights he unveils during his interactive keynotes and seminars. Michael has spoken to Fortune 500 companies, top advertising agencies, associations, and branches of government on five continents and has received rave reviews. Book Michael today at michaelsolomon.com. Marketers, Tear Down These Walls, Liberating the Postmodern Consumer by Dr. Michael Solomon is a revolutionary book that explores the psychology of the consumer in today's changing times. The book is packed with information and tools you need to create winning marketing strategies for a complex marketplace. Michael encourages readers to move out of the box, to think like contemporary consumers, and do things differently. This is a reader's favorite. Order today at Amazon.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to We Are What We Buy. To reach Dr. Michael Solomon or his guest on today's program, please send an email to michael at michaelsolomon.com. Now back to We Are What We Buy. Welcome back, everyone, to We Are What We Buy. I'm Dr. Michael Solomon, and this week we're taking a deep dive into the world of direct selling. So as we've said, this is, uh, this is a business model that, that millions of people participate in both in the United States and around the world. And yet many of us don't seem to know much about it. So uh, my next guest is someone who has proven that this model uh, can be successful. She started as an entrepreneur and has built a very successful company. So I'm very happy to introduce Asma Isak and she is the CEO of Modair and the founder of Jusuro International. She's a leading expert in supplemental collagen. So many of her products are devoted to skin care, as you might guess, but uh, she also offers many other things. So welcome to the show, Asma. Thank you so much, Michael. I'm really happy to be here. And why don't we just start things off uh, maybe with a brief commercial about yourself and Modair, just if you would tell us a little bit about the company, what you sell, and, and then we'll get into some details. And I've actually worked in manufacturing and in ingredient supply in the dietary supplement industry for a very long time. 
and actually devoted my life's work to it. And uh, actually, over time, had discovered this uh, very unique type of an oral um, collagen supplement. And and so, and this was you know many 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 years ago. And at some point, I realized that I really wanted to. Um, further vertically integrate, meaning getting into the finished product business instead of just on the buy side and the supply side, meaning the ingredients and the manufacturing. And so when I started my company, um, that was in 2008-2009 time frame, I was looking at different kinds of models, uh, distribution models, uh, to be able to take the you know, deliver the products. And at that time, because this was an emerging category at that time there weren't very many collagen supplements around that uh, this direct selling industry and the direct response industry you know both of them going direct to the consumer what were important because it allowed for telling the story really and so when people can talk to each other they can educate each other and that's why where learning really transfers and you can often do that on a long-form infomercial for example uh, really get deep into what the product's benefits are and, and tell a bit bigger story. Uh, but then uh, it's, it's actually quite expensive as well uh, with all the media buying. And I just knew that if direct selling, if the word of mouth part of our business uh, could help to educate American consumers on products that they never really were interested in. Uh, started this company and it became very successful and led it to an acquisition in 2017 uh, by Modere and then was appointed CEO of the global company um, about nine months later. We actually take a lot of pride at Modere in, in very similar ways to the company that I founded, uh, caring a lot about quality manufacturing, quality uh, health and wellness personal care products and household products as well. And the one thing that you'll find about all of our products is that we really care about what we put in our products, of course, to create the efficacy, but we also care about what we leave out of our product. So we have this kind of live clean, kind of clean label, um, you know, products that range from personal care and household to health and wellness, dietary supplements and such. And so we have a presence all over the world, actually. I'm we're about we're big in Japan, in Australia, New Zealand, and all over Europe, the U.S. and Canada, and we're looking into further market expansion next year as well. So that's a little bit about our product, Michael. I don't, I don't know if you have a specific question you want to ask me regarding that. Well, thank you. I, I you know, you you said something that that uh, is near and dear to my heart. You talked about. Uh, the need to tell a story. And I, I talk a lot on this program about the notion that really every brand is a story. And if you don't have a story to tell, you might as well find something else to do. Um, so you've got a story to tell. And, and again, we're focusing here on the direct selling model. And, you know, you refer to it as being a word of mouth model. Would, would you mind amplifying on, on that a bit? You know, how is it, uh, if we start with the premise that you do have a story to tell, what is it about this direct selling model that makes it easier to tell that story? It's, it, you know, it's interesting. Direct selling is actually, I think, I think it's the convergence of where, uh, you know, the 
basically consumer behavior has been going for many, many years. So it combines the trust factor that people need when it comes to, you know, they actually take recommendations from people that they trust about certain brands or products that they will use. Uh, it also combines the fact that we live in a, you know, very social environment all over in different aspects, but but really those reviews from other people is often how we purchase things. I know if you're anything like me, what I always do is go and look at something and their, their ratings, you know, on whether it's Yelp, if it's a restaurant, whether it's Amazon, et cetera. And so direct selling just combines the trust factor with that, you know, person to person connection and uh, the time to be able to educate an individual on benefits of a product, especially when it's, very unique, and and so that's that's the other aspect of it. And in fact, uh, you know, our products range from you know weight management is a big seller for us to collagen supplements to again personal care. Uh, but telling that story can really occur when when people are together, and when that you know relationship is really um, something that people invest in. And so we're seeing that nowadays too. Is that you know the people are questioning the future of retail, you know, um, but really it's the brands that are extremely unique uh, that continue to thrive, um, you know, whereas commodities and retail environments um, these days, we can find online ordering to be more convenient, uh, but people will still go and shop in places where they have, a, for example, someone they trust or people that they trust, uh, and that recommendation quite means a lot as well. So direct selling really is just having, you know, people selling to people. It's social commerce. So the, you know, the direct selling model obviously is evolving with, with the times. And, you know, you talk about the trust factor and personal conversations. Uh, you know, we, we know that it pretty much originated, I guess, in the 1950s with Tupperware and a few other pioneers who would have in-home parties and of course, you have the trust factor going because you've, you're surrounded by your neighbors, et cetera, rather than, rather than strangers who may have an ax to grind. Um, is, that, is that still the case today? I mean, you also talked about looking up reviews and so on. So how are you reconciling the two worlds of, of online and, and offline retailing in terms of, of word of mouth and, and again, really leveraging what may be a distinctive advantage for the direct selling model. What, because I, you know, if I want to buy a skincare product from anybody, I can look up reviews online. Mm -hmm. um, so again, you know, what, what is it about direct selling that really leverages that trust factor even more than that? You know, so we, there are, let me start with this part here. There are, like you said earlier, there are millions of people who participate in direct selling. And so the latest figures over close to six and a half million people that are involved in direct selling, either part-time or full-time. And there's nearly um, more than 35 million customers of these direct selling um, individuals. And, and so what we do is we combine the referral factor uh, that the individual uh, invest time into and is able to build a, a part-time or full-time business out of it. And the consumer actually goes to our e-commerce site to be able to place orders. So they have the same kinds of experiences as they would with another online retailer, only they were introduced to our brand by a, an, a person, probably a person that they know. And 
that actually, and that's because we don't participate in any advertising. We don't have any, you know, brick and mortar retail outlets or are anywhere distributed in retail stores. And so that's really the only difference is that they're being introduced by another individual. And, and so this model has actually been, uh, lately it's been practiced uh, quite heavily with these direct-to-consumer brands that you see. And many of them have become successful because of referral marketing. So, for example, about 80% of our total you know, revenue comes from you know, customer sales that our direct sellers gain. And what they're doing is actually giving a, um, for first-time first purchase, for example, they would give a, a discount referral code for them to be able to, the new consumer, new customer purchasing the product would get a discount. And then the direct seller themselves also gets you know, credit for, for that. Uh, and, and that is a definitely tried and true model that has worked in many different contexts, not just in this distribution channel, but it's certainly working for direct-to-consumer brands as well. So that, that's interesting. If I understand you correctly, your distributors don't actually take the orders, I, be, I believe you said. They're just referring customers elsewhere where presumably they, you, you'll track who, the, you know, who referred them and give them and give them their percentage of that. Mm-hmm. So is that that is is not the typical direct selling model, or or is it these days? I you know I think the the industry is actually shifting and changing into a customer centric you know type of a business. I think the direct selling that you're probably referring to our model is actually very different. So we're kind of a hybrid between a DTC and a direct selling model, um, yet all of our customer purchases and sales come through the introduction or referral by a direct seller, and that's how we track um, those sales back to those individuals. Uh, but when you're talking about direct selling models that maybe, um, you know, like the older ones, for example, where they're building teams, so it's a lot about uh, bringing people on to do selling on your team, which there's room for that in our plan as well. We have people who build teams and can leverage income by, uh, you know, helping train other people and and doing something similar. Uh, But most of what we do is have direct sellers get customer, uh, you know, their own businesses developed off of customer sales. Okay. And so, you know, you're selling a product that's somewhat technical. I mean, I, uh, you have to be somewhat knowledgeable about what collagen is and how it works and, and all of that. So d- does that reduce the, the need for these distributors to be really knowledgeable about what they're selling? In other words, are they just referring you now to the website and so on where you can get into the nitty gritty? Or, or are you training these distributors uh, in the science of skincare and so on? It's both. It's a combination of both. I mean, the best way for them to expand is really to keep it as simple as possible. And I think that's probably true of many uh, different brands out there and, and really kind of telling the story uh, as well. Uh, and then, you know, we give them materials like our website and different kinds of marketing assets for them to be able to help um, when it comes to scientific reference. Okay. And, and we know that, you know, one, one of the hallmarks, I guess, of direct selling is that the, the, very large majority of people who are participating are doing it part-time. They're supplementing their income in some way. And so I wonder if I can get you to, uh, to 
predict to look into your crystal ball, maybe, you know, there's a lot of, we, we talk about the gig economy. We talk about a lot of people now who for better or worse are picking up part-time jobs, driving for Uber, et cetera. How, how do you see it in terms of the big picture? I know you're very involved with the industry as a whole. You know, a few years from now, will the direct selling model be around? Will it be bigger than it is now? Will, what will it look like, do you think? Well, certainly, I I believe in its future okay, because I um, am engaged in it in the way that I am, uh, and and certainly I think it's going to be growing more and more because what's happening is you know with the gig economy, with the sharing economy, I think people are more open to part time income, supplemental income. Uh, you know, responsibilities where they have a flexible lifestyle or are able to work when they want to work. Uh, you know, 75% of direct sellers are, are women. Um, and, and so it really allows for the flexible lifestyle, especially when they have other responsibilities as well. So this, these, all these reasons are the reasons why someone participates in the, in the gig economy, the alternate economy. And, and so truly, I think that our model actually provides all of these different aspects for them. And, and so it is uh, not only the future of uh, consumer you know, behavior, it actually already existed in the way that we developed it compared to the gig economy. And there are some, there are some areas in which our industry is going to have to adapt in order for it to feel a little bit more gig-like. And, and that's the area that I think will really differentiate um, a really successful direct selling company versus those that, that may not uh, compare to, you know, other gig types of uh, companies. Okay. So if you'll pardon the use of a bad pun, uh, it sounds like you've really got some skin in the game in terms of consumer <laughs> trends and so on. Yeah. Great, great. Well, thank you so much for, for giving us some time today. Uh, I really appreciate your insights. Yes, my, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm Dr. Michael Solomon. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to a third CEO of a successful direct selling company. See you then. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Book international speaker and renowned author Dr. Michael Solomon for your event today. Michael's presentations reveal cutting-edge trends in advertising and marketing, branding, consumer behavior, and social media. He captivates audiences with the insights he unveils during his interactive keynotes and seminars. Michael has spoken to Fortune 500 companies, top advertising agencies, associations, and branches of government on five continents and has received rave reviews. Book Michael today at michaelsolomon.com. Marketers, Tear Down These Walls, Liberating the Postmodern Consumer by Dr. Michael Solomon is a revolutionary book that explores the psychology of the consumer in today's changing times. The book is packed with information and tools you need to create winning marketing strategies for a complex marketplace. Michael encourages readers to move out of the box, to think like contemporary consumers, and do things differently. This is a reader's favorite. Order today at Amazon.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to We Are What We Buy. To reach Dr. Michael Solomon or his guest on today's program, please send an email to michael at michaelsolomon.com. Now back to We Are What We Buy. Hello and welcome back to We Are What We Buy. I'm Dr. Michael Solomon and today we're diving into the fascinating world of direct selling. And our next guest uh, has really mastered this business model. He's got, a, he's got a great company, and let me tell you a little bit about him. His name is Rick Libby, and how's this for a job title? He's the chief grape stomper and head cheerleader of Traveling Vineyard. Rick was an employee of a leading mail-order wine company, and founded what is now the Traveling Vineyard in 2001 as a new sales channel. Traveling Vineyard pioneered the Try Before You Buy Party Plan, a home wine tasting concept that currently operates in over 39 states with thousands of happy grape-stomping wine guides. Well, hello, Mr. Chief Grape Stomper. <laughs> good, good morning, Dr. Solomon. How are you today? <laughs> I'm great, and uh, uh, welcome to the show, and congrats on, on inventing one of the best job titles probably ever. So that's, uh, Yeah, thank you very much. I take the job very seriously, but I decided not to take myself too seriously. How's that? That works for me. So uh, let's be, before we dive into direct selling and how that works for you, um, can you just give us a very quick synopsis of, of what the company is and how it works? Sure, I can. Uh, we um, decided after a short conversation with one of my friends uh, back in, in early 2001, uh, his wife was a part-time kitchen consultant, as they were called at the time, for Pampered Chef which is a leading party playing company that markets kitchen utensils um, and cookware uh, doing home demonstrations. So the concept in our conversation when we were chatting was, Rick, can you imagine if what Stephanie does for kitchen utensils, if you could do that for wine? And so we did a test event where we bought five of our exclusive uh, winery made wines to a tasting event in a private home where there were 10 people and we sold $500 worth of wine and wine accessories that evening. And we said, well, this is really interesting. So uh, we did it again and the same thing happened. So that was the extent of our market research and we went live. And every time I'm on an airplane and someone says, what do you do for a living? I go, well, one of our fun loving wine guides shows up to your house uh, to lead you through a very informative and educational uh, wine tasting with five of our award-winning wines. And without question, I always get to look back like, what a great idea that is. So uh, that's the essence of the business model right there. We just decided to go with direct selling after um, working the catalog wine mail order business for decades. And this is a, a much more interesting uh, approach to the business. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty novel. And so, you know, I, I think for most people, if they're if they're going to buy wine, either they're getting it a recommendation from someone perhaps who's more knowledgeable, or or maybe they're just going to the store and closing their eyes and you know pointing a finger at a at a bottle and hoping it's okay. So. This, I, I this. think you're right, and I think instead of closing their eyes, they look at the labels, um, especially with um, uh, many buyers. They look at the labels, and they know the varietal that they're after, but essentially they go for a, you know an appealing label. Right, right. So we know that labels sell bottle just like, bottles, just like magazine <laughs> covers sell magazines. Absolutely. That's, that's right. Yep, yeah, I think you're right. And so you, you've embraced this, this very different model. Uh, to sell this product. So can you, you know, talk, talk a bit about wh- what it is about the direct selling model that, that really works for this? Yes. Uh, okay. Well, I think there's, uh, you know, just off the top of my head, I think there's three components to um, our approach to direct selling. The first one is you have to have a great product. So um, we are a winemaker uh, and we have two winemaking facilities, one in Southern California and one in upstate New York, uh, where we source um, worldwide um, juice prior to its being bottled and bring it uh, either through cargo ships or domestically truck it, you know, within the United States, depending on where we purchase it from, and work our magic um, at the winery with the, with the um juice that we source. So, so number one is to have a great, great appealing product. And I think uh, we have it at an attractive price point, uh, typically around uh, $18 to $22 in that range. The second part, though, uh, Dr. Solomon, of a good direct selling model is to have a, a culture that supports and inspires the entrepreneurs that decide to come and embrace your product and represent it. Uh, because it is a, uh, they're not employees, they're independent contractors. So you have to create um, an incredible culture of inspiration, of reward, of um, trust, of credibility. And if you lose any of that at any given time, you can get, you know, I've seen many companies just get into trouble because they are not focused on their, um, you know, the, the quality of life of their uh, independent contractors. You know, the, the, the important part of this is that we are relying um, not on, as we did the mail order business, was sending out mailings to people's mailboxes. We're now relying on uh, a force of independent contractors who uh, want to have the flexibility and the uh, freedom to be able to conduct business on their terms. You know, you, you highlighted in the process, I think, maybe a challenge that's a bit different, uh, you know, in this model, and that is that these are not your employees. And so the downside of that is, or, or is it that there's maybe a challenge in terms of quality control? That is, the, these distributors, you, I believe you call them wine guides, That's have correct. to represent your company and your products. So how do you, how do you ensure that, because after all, this, is a, this does require a, a bit of knowledge to be able to tell a good wine from a bad wine, I, I assume. So. Yes. How do, you, yes. how do you kind of accredit these people? I, I think it does, but here's something that's really just absolutely shocking um, in, a, in a positive way. So we, we um, were very concerned about that when we first started doing this. And as it turns out, um, these independent contractors who are really kind of social selling entrepreneurs, right? 
they take so much pride in the job that they do um, and the tra- and take advantage of the training that we provide. And we, we require a little bit of training, but really uh, not, nobody comes to us as a wine expert. Um, and lo and behold, we, we send out surveys to every single host and event attendee that goes uh, to one of our traveling vineyard events. And we have this incredible 98% uh, satisfaction rating, which is uh, all the way from good to excellent. Uh, with, with how people enjoy the tasting event. So what's happened is that instead of the company having to police, um, uh, you know, representative standards, um, they take it upon themselves to take so much entrepreneurial pride in the work that they do that we're astonished at the remarkable uh, grades that we get back that any company would be envious to have. And we really don't edit them at all. So it's, it's remarkable. Uh, let me ask you a question. I, I asked this of the other uh, direct selling executives as, as well. So if, if we look back at the origins of this model, I, I believe it began in the 50s uh, with Tupperware. Perhaps uh, Amway was an early entrant as well. Yeah. When, you, when you look at, that, at those first house parties, you know, with, uh, where you have typically a housewife who invites her neighbors over and she's got, the tup- let's say, the Tupperware products, uh, there's, yes. there's perhaps some subtle uh, social pressure there to buy from your neighbors as opposed to salespeople, but it's very much a social occasion. Now, now we're, uh, you know, 60, 70 years later, how has that model stayed the same or how has it evolved in terms of, of your wine tasting events? Yeah, well, I think what's interesting is that it probably hasn't changed that much <laughs> from the 1950s, and I'm not sure that's a bad thing. I mean, I don't think um, gathering a group of your friends, neighbors, relatives together in a social setting, re- regardless of whether it's a direct selling uh, opportunity or not, that is something that um, has not changed um, since kind of the beginning of time, right? A, a gathering of people. Um, and so to gather them in a social setting uh, where they're able to get educated and, um, you know, get their curiosity um, settled over, uh, you know, the issue of wine is really interesting. So, uh, you know, I, I don't foresee that the model really has to change because it, it, it does all the necessary things for us as social animals to, um, you know, to, to, to uh, satisfy us. Um, so, you know, the advent of technology has certainly made it easier for us to conduct business um, where people, you know, I remember way back in the early 2000s that they had to fax in uh, their order forms. And now we have, a, you know, an internet app that, uh, you know, that people work at, uh, on a tablet. So from that perspective, it's definitely evolved. But from the very core of a Tupperware party in 1955 to a traveling vineyard wine tasting event in 2019, I don't think it's changed that much. Oh, in- interesting. And so, you, you know, you mentioned the internet and uh, one one thing that seems to be changing in a lot of verticals within direct selling is the is the movement away from in house or you know in person uh, selling situations to online sales. But of course, wine mm-hmm. tasting is, is a bit of a different animal. So 
Is it fair to say that you're probably on a slightly different trajectory in terms of, uh, you, certainly you're moving your bookkeeping and so on, on online, but the you're not going to be having online wine tasting events. Is that fair to say? I would say that that's fair to say, but there is a little, um, there, there's a movement that we've seen over the last year or so, which is that um, I could have a friend like Dr. Solomon in Philadelphia, and I'm a wine guide uh, outside of Boston, Massachusetts, and I could actually have the five sample bottles sent to you. You could gather your friends around and we could have a, um, a, a Skype wine tasting. Uh, with me as your wine guide remote in your living room. Uh, so from that perspective, we've seen, um, you know, I, I'd say it's less than 5% of our business today, but I could foresee that that could become more popular as well because the group can gather uh, locally and then the wine guide, if they're related in some way, shape, or form, and they can't get there physically, can always do a, uh, you know, an online version of it. Yeah, that's a brilliant hybrid model, I guess, and you could conceivably it, take, take that is. around the world, I suppose, at some point. I, I, think, I think we could. You know, one of the things that we're thinking about is uh, international expansion, which we haven't done yet. Um, and it's conceivable that we could have someone who, uh, I'll just pick a country, Australia, for example, who, has, uh, who did an exchange program there, has a lot of contacts, could actually create um, a team of uh, international wine guides in a country because they are connected and could do the training and could do the, uh, you know, the initial events um, online as provided the wine can get into somebody's home. Yeah. that's So it is kind of a really interesting hybrid. Yeah. That's, that's very exciting. So as we get to yeah. the end here, speaking of wine events, uh, can you, <laughs> uh, you've, you've, you're making a gift available to the listeners. So you want to walk us through that and how they get it? Sure. Well, listen, I think the gift that we have is uh, we, we create great, innovative, exciting wines. Uh, we have a wonderful uh, uh, educational program that goes along with the wine tasting. So our wine guide uh, brings five complimentary bottles to your home. Uh, we lead you through an educational and informative uh, wine tasting event that typically lasts about an hour to two hours. And we have a wonderful tool called Somology where we worked with America's first master sommelier to create a number of little light bites. And that could be black licorice or buttered popcorn or uh, a walnut or goat cheese. Uh, we have a, probably about 45 of these light bites that show people uh, the really interesting uh, power of, of pairing certain uh, things with certain wines to enhance the varietals. Uh, the flavor profile. So that's what a, an event is all about. A, a free tasting event is what we'd like to offer uh, the listeners today. And so we've provided you with um, uh, all the, the link necessary for people to kind of uh, register. And once you do that, we'll put, put them in touch with one of our great wine guides. And uh, you can have your own home free wine tasting event as long as we're allowed to ship into your state. Uh, there are still a few holdout states that don't allow the direct shipment of wine. Um, so we'd encourage every, everybody to go to freethegrapes.org, by the way, um, and, and, and uh, cast your vote to get your um, state liberated. Uh, but in general, 39 states right now, we would love to come to your home with one of our wine guides and give you one of our free wine tastings. 
I love it. And I, I'll drink a toast to your success. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you very much, Dr. Solomon. So there you have it. Three perspectives on the direct selling model. It's a fascinating way to do business. It's much more widespread than many of us realize. And it's also interesting because it really predated all of this talk we hear about the gig economy where people are working various part-time jobs, supplementing their income, etc. Because the large majority of people engaged in direct selling are doing exactly that. And they've been doing it since the 1950s. My name is Dr. Michael Solomon, and this is We Are What We Buy. So please follow me on Twitter at, at Mike Solo, or drop me an email at michael at michaelsolomon.com, and let me know what you're thinking, and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to We Are What We Buy. Please join your host, Dr. Michael Solomon, again next Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, have a winning week. 